Jack and Mel weigh in. Bingo round. Hey, hey. Back to Jack and Mel Sobrat MMA Show, a Poluca Media production. As always, I'm joined by my brother, Mel Brown. How you keeping, player? I'm good. Just about recovered from the UFC hangover from Saturday. Yeah, the UFC hangover is real. Um, that was a pretty rough one, to be honest, to stay up for. Uh, yeah, I think the main event started at, what, half five? Yep. In the round there. It's a long old evening if you start from the fight pass prelims all the way through, like you're... You're giving up half a day, but that half a day just happens to coincide with when you should be sleeping if you're based in Europe like we are, obviously. Yeah, and I saw a lot of people talking about like, oh, if you if you don't pay for the card, you're not a real fan. You're a cunt. That's what someone said on Twitter. Um, yeah, try staying up until 7 o'clock in the morning and then tell me that. My problem with that is uh, that I do pay for the UFC. I, it's already, it's in my, I pay for a BT Sports subscription, which is, I don't know, I can't even remember what it's mine like 30 is. 30-odd quid a month. Something like that, tw- between 20 and 30 pounds a month, yep. and all the UFCs are included. So to ask to pay an extra, it was 20 pounds uh, here. Just to stay up just for... Just to stay up for the, you know, the privilege of, of watching the fights. And you know what I was, it was like It was full of filler content as well. Yeah. Like, if it's a pay-per-view, you should just be essentially rattling through it that's absolutely fair um welcome if you're new uh if you're not welcome back uh we're we're making a real effort uh this year to, to just to, to bring things to the next level we have uh youtube content coming out on wet minimum of wednesdays and fridays but we we probably will have stuff coming up in between including some podcast excerpts but we will be doing uh, vlogs and top tens this year um so please make sure you head over to palooka media and subscribe and um, one favor before we last into this from you lovely listeners is please tag one friend and us on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, it, it really does help us out. It helps uh, get more ears in the podcast. Uh, and, of course, uh, Patreon as well, if you if you wish to help support us um, with the old dollar-dollar bills, y'all. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash MMA. So let's get into it anyway, because nobody likes long-winded adverts. Um, one just slightly outside the realm of MMA, but sort of not. Uh, in the news this week, Tyson Fury having doubts over his MMA career as he claims it would only do or he would only do a stand-up fight without wrestling. Yeah, you might want to look into this thing called kickboxing, which has been around for a while because that's kind of it. Or Muay Thai. I don't think he'd he'd do Muay Thai. I could see Tyson Fury kickboxing. See, he is buddies with uh, Rico Verhoeven. Is he? Yeah, I saw uh, he posted on Instagram earlier that they used to train loads back in the day together and said that, the you know, we would both be world champions one day and look at us now. So, you know, one of those sort of posts. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I've, I've, I've seen Tyson Fury hitting hitting pads. He's got he's got good good hips for it. Yeah, so... Good. That sounded very sexual. Yeah. I meant, you know, hip mobility. Yeah, we know what you meant. <laughs> um, God, could you imagine just like... That. that yeah <laughs> that happening to you i will take you and you'll be like okay sorry. mr fury please i'm sorry well that's why you got to get good at wrestling because he wants no part of it <laughs> yeah exactly um i'd like to see tyson fury kickbox but yes so would i and i if think he's that, not interested in mma can we just just know, drop this yeah now. just drop it stop crossing over yeah i made a case for him on uh on reddit um where he was getting a lot of 
stick. And I sort of said, it's like, look, the guy, if he went and did, if he went and wrestled in a Dagestani cave for two years, you know, just getting back to his feet, you know, you're never going to develop a, a well-rounded skill set in a limited period of time in that regard. But just learning, you know, the Darren Till approach to groundwork, just try and get back to your feet. Um, you know, the, the guy, especially in the heavyweight, where there there's matchups there that, that I think would be quite favourable for him. Yeah, the thing is that, um, like let's say in a, in a magical world where Tyson Fury does sign with the UFC, I mean they'd want to stick him in, you know, title fights straight away. Yeah, um, yeah. And the problem is that currently the the title picture contains contains wrestlers. Yes, it does, and uh, and good ones as well. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is you know you saw people saying like, oh, but. There's a couple of more casual fans being like, oh, but it's, you know, he'd be, have such an advantage in boxing. Be like, you don't think that Francis Ngannou would kill Stipe in a boxing match? Stipe? Yeah, Francis Ngannou. Just a pure boxing match? Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I'd favour him just because of the power advantage, but... But that's what I'm saying. Technically, you know, technically... But I don't think you have to be in pure boxing because what what gassed Ngannou was the, the clinch, the wrestling... You know, yeah. well, well, no, I mean, he did get tired. So is that like Deontay Wilder approach? Yes, that's exactly what I meant. Is you know, it's literally Ngannou can almost just put the hands up and walk around for twelve rounds because he only needs one. And I mean, he did clobber Stipe. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's not. I think in a boxing fight, that's pretty one-sided, to be honest. It could be, but I mean, Stipe was. A great amateur boxer, was he not? He was a Golden Gloves champion. Today's energy drink of choice, Kong Strong. From Lidl. I think it is from Lidl, actually, yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah, it's kind of like, I enjoy it. I enjoy that, yeah. (laughs) I give that, I don't know. I'd give it like a four out of five. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd give it a a solid four out of five. Now, it only just drops off in taste. I think, like, you get a real five out of five. Well, mine's the sugar-free one. Do you want to try a bit? Oh, no, I always drink the sugar-free one. Well, um, you you're you have no reason to do that. You should be enjoying I the. I always like. I had a, uh, I was about to say a Coke the other day, and that would, as in Coca Cola, not just a bump. You've just reminded me. I think McDonald's nearly killed me the other day. They gave you a full. They gave me fat. a full sugar. To those who don't know, I'm a crippling, crippled type one diabetic. Yeah, and I took one mouthful of it, and I knew that's what she said. I took one mouthful and was like, "That is definitely." It was yeah. disgustingly sweet. Yeah, I had I had it the other day. Now I, I am not diabetic. It's just through choice, you know. Just don't stick eat. with that Coke Zero for. It's probably just better for you. Um, I just don't get Coke Zero. How the frig does it have nothing in it? Freaks me out. Do you know the one I liked the most was? Do you remember for a while they did Coke Life? Oh, the stevia, the, the green, green one that was stevia and a little bit of cane sugar. I liked it yeah. because like I could justify it. You know, obviously sugar does impact my 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 blood sugar levels but uh you know obviously a full fat coke is something that i would take if i were to go low yeah but yeah they nearly killed me i like, just don't know i after taking it i don't know how anybody like that's their you know drink of choice like it's sickeningly sweet it is and it i like before i was diabetic as i get this all the time people are like oh you just drink too much uh too many fizzy drinks and too much you know too much food and it's like well, yes, but that's not why I ended up with it. Like, it's genetic. Yeah. Um, but I used to drink, like, two liters of Coke a day, like, full fat. And now Jeez. I'm like, oh, like how? How did uh, I yeah, do that? I don't know how you did that. It was, like, it's so disgusting. See, I would have the, 
I usually drink the sugar-free energy drink, but when I'm feeling particularly saucy, Fruity. yeah, I'll have just a, a regular old Red Bull. We always and end up talking about drinks on this podcast, I but I still think Red Bull. It's it's on the, it mind, is the it's, king. Yeah, it's the king. It's I, on the Mount I, Rushmore of energy drinks. For I me. I used to work with a guy um, in CEX. Um, and he was like an energy drink aficionado, and he was like, "I know Red Bull mile off." And I was like, mm. "I could, I could tell you if it was Red Bull by the smell." We bought eighteen different energy drinks, everything from twenty p right up to you know two pounds, and we blindfolded him, and we were like, "We gave him the Red Bull pretty early, like four or five drinks in," and yeah. he just went, "That's Red Bull." And you're like, "I think, ah. I, th- I, think I could." I could definitely differentiate between sort of the major brands. Like if you start getting the the old twenty p cans from the local corner shop, I don't think so. But definitely, definitely the main brands and Red Bulls. You're right. It seemed, it was like the original one as well, wasn't it? Yes. Um. I mean, you just know it when you have it. And yeah. it's hard here, to describe I, why. Speaking of Red Bull, when it, it first launched here, I was at Armagh Planetarium. Um, yep. Fun day out. Um, Not the Irma Planetarium. <laughs> you. Um, and I, I'm trying to think what age I would have been. It was definitely pre-millennium. Oh, it would have been 100%. So like yeah. 98, 99. So I was 8 or 9. It's been out longer than that. No. It, it really Are you hasn't. sure it wasn't just a promotional thing? I'm pretty sure it was the... Lo- like, I'm going to have to check this because I remember my dad getting it in work. Like when they were doing like weird Well, I, I don't know. I, I, anyway. Um... So I was there with my sister and brother, who are his sister's year younger than me, and brother's four years younger than me. Um, so yeah, I would have put him... 94 in the UK. Really? Mm-hmm. That early? Wait, no. 92? Well, well, well then it must have must been, been a promotional, a promotional thing. thing. It doesn't yeah. matter. It was just... But anyway, yeah, they were obviously... Well, maybe it was some, it was, they were doing some promotional work for the planetarium. Mm-hmm. I ended up on the TV... <laughs> yeah just being interviewed for being there i don't know why but yeah the uh the recording crew give me my brother and my sister you know as a reward for for doing the tv interview three cans of red bull each <laughs> just to chug them right there and then and i take it that you did oh yeah like i didn't i didn't even know what it was but i just thought it was like magic juice. i don't know what this is i'm gonna drink it yeah next thing you know you've grown wings you fly off yeah, but like my brother was like five or six at the time. Imagine giving a five-year-old three tins of Red Bull. Well, you could, like this is the thing. Like your parents probably did the same thing that, that my parents did, and everybody listening's parents did. It wasn't like it was back in my day. I mean, we're both essentially thirty, and like now, like the levels of like like you can't really as a kid just go out and play on the street anymore. I mean, you can, but, like, you kind of can't, too. And if you do, you need your mobile phone on you. And, you and need, a minimum blue belt and BJJ. Because everybody's a rapist now, apparently, or a pedophile or whatever. Um, I, I'm not... I think it's hysteria, though. Like, I mean, obviously, I don't... Like, I think that these things, you yeah, know... Look at us chugging energy drinks from when we're five years old. We're fine. No, but, like, you know, I don't think that realistically... Like, like those things existed when we were kids, too. And, and, and Do you know what I mean? I just... I think that there's, like, an element of, like... It's it's the the groups you see on Facebook sharing like I saw one the other day and this poor fella possibly and it was like 
this man was seen outside of school. And it's like, he, he might not actually been doing anything wrong. And all of the hysterical he's parents are like just, sharing it. You know, just walking past, but he just looks shifty. Yeah, watch out for this guy. Seen trying to give a child a sweet or something. And it's like, I Well, they have those weird, uh, like, vigilante pedophile hunter Facebook They groups. are weird. Yeah, where it's like, I don't know how to feel about it because, like, obviously, they're. I mean, I'm not going to defend the pedophile. No, but I don't know. If vigilante justice is the way to go about it either. Yeah, because like, because that's what they do. It's like that, like, mad social media shaming. Like, God help someone if they're genuinely not. Well, that's, that's not the problem. Their life ruined it's, by it, just some twat who thinks it's appropriate. It's to like do it. it's like the the Ulster rugby thing here. Um, anybody didn't know there was a. A WhatsApp or messaging group of, I think was it two of the players from the rugby team had a, a, a night was, I think with, it was with three a, or four and like a bunch of just their mates in it or something. And then the woman essentially cried rape, right? Yeah. And then had two of their well, both of their careers were over. One of them got well, banned they're, from they're, Ireland. Their Ulster they, careers, yeah, their Ulster careers were over, so they no longer played for the club. But it, in court, they were found innocent. But not in the court of public opinion. But that's the, that. But that's the thing yeah. is that they they've like they've their careers are well. Yes, this, they were they were found innocent in court, but due to public pressure on sponsors of the team and because uh, they were on Ireland contracts as well. Yep, uh, they obviously had to have those terminated. Um, so Which despite is being shame. found innocent, sponsors wouldn't support essentially paying a club to pay them. Yep. So they had to leave. That is a shame, but. You know, this is the problem with, you know, the vigilante side of things is that, like, pedophiles, rape, those sorts of terms, you almost don't even need to be guilty. You just need to be accused. Oh, yeah, like, being accused of rape is, like, if that were, if that gets about, like, it doesn't matter if you find innocent or not. No, no, no. Oh, you're a rapist. You're a rapist now. So you're a rapist now, father. So you're a rapist now. No smoke without fire. Yeah, well, that's you see, that's the issue. But anyway, we've digressed somewhat from what we were talking yeah. about. UFC um, to energy drinks to uh, injury has forced Dylan Dennis uh, and the uh, the other 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 Gracie uh, off Bellator two thirty eight. That card has just taken a massive hit. Yeah, um, although let's be honest, we had two first round submission wins. Yeah, the way. yeah, probably, probably. So I don't, I don't know. Well, we spoke about Dylan Dennis last week. Yeah, he was our dick of the day last week. He was indeed. Um, it's sort of, yeah, it's just meh. Who cares? He's now not fighting a guy he shouldn't be fighting in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, I sort of defended last week that I think that he definitely, you know, needs a, a an average level of competition in the meantime. But, you know, he just strikes me as a sort of the MVP sort. He'll well, just keep going, really and going, just and going and going and going. really don't end up going down the MVP route with him where he ends up being... 15 and 0 but it doesn't matter like being 15 and 0 should matter it uh, yeah it absolutely should um the conversation that we were actually just having a moment ago kind of ties in with uh what we're about to talk about next but probably not going into too much detail and um, patty hollahan in a bit of bother he's been suspended from his parliamentary role with Sinn fein uh being northern irish we're not going to get into politics so forget about that um but his comments were one of them was about under an under underage woman he said there's plenty of fucking he said, "Fuck like fucking women out there, crazy women or something." He said, "You know, yeah." We're paraphrasing Paddy Hillen. Bitches be crazy. Yeah, but he said something about how 
There's plenty of women, like underage women, sleeping with men and then blackmailing them and all this, um, which could well be true. But I think his 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 thing is that um, there are just plenty of crazy people out there. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the, 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 I don't even know how. Like, how did he this topic even come it was up? on his podcast with fire? If you have a podcast and an active political career. Yes, I mean, part of the... Like those things don't really run well simultaneously. No, part of the joy that we have with doing this is that we... Don't answer to nobody. Yeah, essentially. Um, and there, there there, have been and will be people out there who don't like what we do. They don't like us. They don't like our opinions. That's absolutely fine. And don't to them... to toe the party line, though. Yeah, but that's what I was going to say. Is that, you know, that, that then just means that, you know, this isn't the podcast for them, but we don't have to answer to other people about it. Our other jobs, we don't have to answer uh, to other people about it either. Um, you know, which which is great for us. Um, and in that regard, plus it also means that you know we don't have to do the aerial Hawana. You know, can you just unzip that there, and I'll just, you know, like we get to say what we want about who we want. And someone asked us, or well, asked me once about, oh, but you know, what if this person wants to come on your podcast and you've said something terrible about them? And it's like, well. That's that's okay. They can still come on, like because most of the time we're saying something terrible. You know, it's not it's not ever serious unless it's someone like Dylan Danis, who, to be honest, I wouldn't I wouldn't have on the podcast anyway. Yeah, I'd have him on. Well, you can do that one on your own. <laughs> just a hard sit down. Um, yeah, and it'll just be. So tell us why you don't like Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, apparently he said. There were some fucking scum women out there, and there's underage girls having sex with men, and then blackmailing them up for ten grand. Probably true. Um, there's also guys like Jeffrey Epstein out there. Does he want to? Yeah, you know, but I think do you know so, what I mean? Like, how, how did that? Like, I came up on this podcast, but how? Like, what was the context in which that came up? Well, because it, out of context, that kind of sounds like. I just like, like yeah, like white knighting kind of thing. But at the either opposite, that or like. It's happened to me, and I'm raging about it. Well, the it, it, it's all it already. Uh, <clears throat> he'd already got some controversy because he said he'd prefer a quote unquote family man to Ireland's prime minister, um, who is is gay. Leo, uh, I think it's Varadkar. Um, you know, he has been decisive, uh, not decisive. What's the word? Um, divisive. divisive. Um, in in his opinions, I I don't particularly like his uh like his opinions on many things um purely his his political stances could be quite um they're quite charged you know they they, yeah. they will elicit a response from from many people um I, I mean many of the people listening are from northern ireland if you're not um you know the, the political history here is very very Volatile, volatile yeah. and, and complicated um and you know holohan has made comments that that to to many people would be offensive to others you know not because it, it's it's that's exactly what politics is but our situation is just so charged you know um but you know he also he, he's he's just an odd guy in this like he's become kind of pop culture now with the book with the podcast um you know he, he's really ridden the coattails of of his his mma career which is fantastic to see i mean like i have nothing but respect for anyone who's who's done that but I'm sort of in two minds about this. On the one hand, because he came from a political background to the podcast, um, part of me has no sympathy for him because it's you need to be careful about what you say then. But yeah. the other part of me feels a little bit like, well, just because you're a politician doesn't mean you can't have opinions on things. Oh, yeah. Well, my, my problem isn't that he has an opinion, whether I agree with it or not. 
is different. Uh, I think the second you start doing things like this, having a podcast, you, you live and die on your your opinions and they're out there to be judged. Yeah, um, and he's definitely being judged for that. Um, hopefully it will just blow over because I don't want to see him lose his career over these comments, you know, his political career. I don't care. <laughs> I don't I wouldn't I would hate to see anybody lose a career over having an opinion on, on something like that, you know. But at the same time That's true, but it's a very it's a very unique career. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's just well, just politics in general is a bit bit shitty. Especially and, Irish and Northern Irish politics. Yeah. I just don't like that sort of sheep mentality for opinions. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, I get that. Um, Jeremy Stevens injured out of UFC 248 against Calvin Cater. Um, gutted about that. Um, Calvin Cater, I have been a fan for since long before the Burgos fight. I think he's actually a candidate for having some of the cleanest traditional boxing in the UFC. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think I, they're rescheduling that fight, which is are. good because I quite like the booking there. It's great booking, um, and it's the right fight for both. You know it. it yeah, yeah, it, it it makes total sense. Neither guy are well. Qatar's sort of well. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say he's on his way to the top. He's not that young. I used to think he's older than I thought he was. He's definitely in. A, is he in his thirties? Yep. Um, Stevens has sort of been there and done it with uh, with everyone at this point, um, but is still dangerous enough to cause anybody problems. Uh, it's a good fight. It is. It's a very good fight. I'm glad the UFC are just rebooking it instead of, um, you know, that's a pet peeve of mine. When like fights fall out, is that they, then they just go a completely different direction? Especially when if they can be quickly rebooked. Well, that's what's going to. You say. know, it's different if you know someone blows their knee out and is going to be out for six, nine, twelve like, months. You know, then of course then change it. But if it's only going to be pushed back a month or so, then then just get it rebooked. It's a big fight for um for Cater, you know, because he can, can crack the top ten. But it's a big fight for Stevens too because it's I don't want to say it's make or break, but you know, I mean, he's ranked eighth and and Cater's eleventh, so there, yeah, there's a big been, risk he's, in he's that regard. Around sort of the top ten, yeah, ten to five while, that region. Yeah. So you know, fair fair play to Stevens for taking it. Um, did you see uh, Dan Bilzerian? Did you see the bet that he put on? Uh, I didn't see the exact figure but i saw the literal piles of cash estimated to be one million and twenty four thousand dollars uh he lost it in 40 seconds by placing a bet on donald Cerrone. that's crazy could you imagine like how tense you would be well he just posted like on social media after being like fuck but like you know how much money do you have to have for that to a be the kind of wager you put on and b to not really care yeah, you're just it's different levels of wealth you're just dealing with there. But like I don't think there's because MMA is so volatile, uh I don't think there's any outcome I'd ever feel that certain of to put that amount of money down, regardless of how much I had. Yeah, no no, same. It's a ridiculous amount of money to put on, but uh unlucky. Better luck next time. Um did you see Kamaro Usman's Twitter was hacked? <laughs> yep. Do you believe it was hacked? Yeah. So if people didn't see it, he was using some profane language saying he was going to... Uh... At the start, I questioned, what, like, the first few tweets, I was like, oh, Kamara's just getting a bit spicy towards Connor. Uh, 
Well, he said he was going to bang his wife yeah. with a gang of uh, uh, insert explicit racist term. Yeah, a uh, bit of raw dogging, uh, as he yeah. claimed. Um, so yeah, like I mean, that could have just been a really aggressive tweet. Um, but yeah, when they started like releasing discords to join and tagging other random accounts and threatening to release bank details and everything, which they did. Yeah, which they did. Um, Not as much money as I thought he would have. I think he's doing just fine. Oh, no, he's doing just fine. But, I mean, you know, you kind of expect the UFC champion who's had, you know, a number of fights in the UFC to have more than, you know, half a mil. Yes, half a mil in the bank. Like, when suppose when you think of, like, assets. True, like true. That, I'm sure he's got a number of properties. Wonderful house to live in. I'm yep, sure he's true. taking care of his family. Um, I'm sure he's not driving a, a second-hand Ford Escort around. Well, Connor was suspicious that it was Ali behind it, and nothing would just surprise. That's that what guy. I was going to say. Is that it? Just uh, I'm not sure that I believe that he wasn't hacked, but I also part of me does buy that narrative. But that could be just that could just be me getting my only shelled. thing which would think that is that it obviously wasn't Ali was that he was present at the at the fight, so he'd literally have to be sitting beside him. Typing that while at the event. Well, he could have scheduled it. True, and it's perfect press during the event. Get get them I talking just, about him during so. the it event. Was like the, it was posting pictures of just some random dude and everything. But like why that. would you have posted? So the, let's say let's say he was hacked, right? Which is is ultimately what I believe. Why? Because it got because it got everybody onto Usman's feed, to which the hacker then posted, point. "Follow me." Uh, like it's stupid but surely the hacker didn't give away who he was I thought he put up a tweet saying follow me at this account and then tagged an account bizarre well because that was the thing he was like once I get a thousand more followers I'll release the bank details (laughs) that's hilarious I was like son you're going to jail you see this is (laughs) why I'm not convinced that someone would have literally like been like yeah let's come follow me I'm the hacker yeah, see, Dana apparently had to go tell Connor before he saw it, just being like, he's been hacked, don't respond. Yeah, that's, I mean, well, you mean you could have seen him responding? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Big style. Um, I think it became pretty obvious after the first few tweets that he'd been hacked. If it, if he had just sent those first few tweets and then left it, ooh, Could it have been organized, do you there, think? There could have been an argument there. Yeah. Like, that's, it's almost like my opinion on, and, and here's a bombshell, my opinion on 9-11. Oh, <laughs> Which is that... Left turn in. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily buy the narrative that there was a complete conspiracy, but I believe that they knew something. Oh, they knew. And maybe let something happen. Do you know, it's it like, could it be like that, where it's like, they knew, they, was, they knew, like, the hack was orchestrated. Does that make sense? Like, they were in on it. In cahoots with Al-Qaeda. <laughs> I didn't mean that regard, but, uh, well, I suppose with Ali, would anything fucking surprise you? And I suppose Scumbag. Th- was he involved with 9-11? I'm not, saying, <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm just asking the questions. I'm not answering that question. Um, but know, but what I will say is nothing surprises nothing me. Nothing surprises me. And, you know, maybe he has a background in explo- uh, controlled demolition. Maybe. Uh, do you know what? You should make it. Because towers just can't. They just went straight down. Speak to Eddie Bravo about this. Yeah. He is convinced 9 11 was a conspiracy. Convinced. 
hundred. I don't know. Like there's been a few times I've went like deep down the wormhole. There is some shady there shit. Is, yeah, a hundred percent. But it's also just like you have to go sometimes. But then with, is it just like is it negligent to just be like, ah, they wouldn't do it despite well, uh, yeah, despite yeah, yeah, some yeah, evidence. Yeah, no, ah, but they wouldn't that. do it. Like we're just gonna blindly. Yeah, but you see that no. But the problem is that when you say they, who's they? Uh, the reptile government, <laughs> the uh, cold-blooded reptile government that are also in the royal family, obviously. Yeah, there's some conspiracies that do hold merit, which is why why they survive so long. The nine eleven. Do you know the funny thing is like the the Epstein one, for instance. Like everybody well, knows now. Yeah, but when this is the thing, when like one of those gets proven true or yep. real or, or you generally accepted to be true then that opens the door for everything well i can't think of one that is generally accepted to be true other than epstein i'm sure there is i'm sure I, i'm sure there is but i have to go looking you know i mean i don't classify myself as a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist. theorist well i mean like so the big ones the big conspiracies i can think of would be 9-11 elvis was not wasn't dead kennedy kennedy yeah you know but then I suppose the Queen did have Princess Diana killed. Yeah. Meghan Markle. I just well, did you see? I wouldn't the video be driving of, through any tunnels. Did you see the soon? video that uh, Prince Harry released? When there was one, he he was in there. Well, I don't think he released it, but he was in it. Um, and it was him, a, a reporter, asking him about leaving the royal family, and he said something along the lines of, "If you knew what I knew, this is about protecting my family." And he talked about reliving what happened to his mum every day. There's nowhere on earth you can hide. You kind of go, no, that's from, what it was. This is the problem. Liz. But doing that was quite smart because it let's say let's if say that happened, conspiracy is real. Like, they're going to point to that yeah. video and be like, he fucking said he this would happen. He, he told, told us, us in broad daylight. Yeah, so I don't know. Conspiracies are fun, but you know, apologies if if that was disrespectful. Like, because I'm sure someone knows someone who was affected by 9/11 pretty substantially. So I apologize for nothing. <laughs> I did. It was the government. Go and speak to your fucking government. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not saying anybody outright did it. I'm just asking questions. Let's <laughs> just play the impartial. Yeah, just was it though? Was it? Was it real? Really? Was it? it could have been. Um. Anyway, uh, Usman out indefinitely. Shock. Uh, I think. Well, we can talk about it now, or it opens the door for a certain interim, interim title. title fight. I would imagine Jorge and Connor. Yeah, yeah, but then what Connor will do is do exactly what he did when he got the feather or the lightweight belt, which is he'll run, but he'll do it the other way around. He'll run back down to lightweight and try and scoop up two belts again, become the first double double champ, double interim champ. True Bill, yeah, True Bill, but he'll still say it's real. Unlike when Kobe, when Kobe did it, everyone's like, "Oh, it's not the real belt." Well, he won the interim featherweight. I know he didn't really claim he was the, Yeah, he didn't really claim he was the champion. Did he? I can't really remember. I, I know there was so. there was that much fuckery with Aldo and things being said. I can't really remember. No, well, no one accepted him as the real champion, and I think even if you know if that happened and he, say he did beat Masvidal, I don't think anybody would be calling Connor the welterweight champion. No. So uh, we will get round to talking about that fight again in a bit. Uh, Whitaker out against Cannoneer. Um, funny, we talked about this last week, about um, the state of the middleweight division uh, and the fights that were coming out. Uh, Cannoneer was then rumoured to be fighting Till, and then Till, I think, is either broken or 
least injured, injured his ankle, so he's out now as well. Um, Cannoneer's the odd man out. Shame. Um, just, other than taking a dramatic step down in competition. Well, I suppose, what's Kelvin up to? Eating burritos. Eating burritos. Getting, I like Gastelum. Getting up to light heavyweight. Um, <laughs> you could do Gastelum, Cannoneer. No, it's a very risky fight for Cannoneer. It's very risky for Gastelum too. I mean, if Gastelum well, got ice the, there, if, that's him if, done. Yeah, but if he was to win, he's right back. Right True, back but if he loses, him. I think that that's Gastelum out of that picture at all. That's he's true, out of that isn't, name. Isn't that it's sort of just a side effect of where you've got to in the game? Like, that's what happens when yeah. you're on a mission for gold. He has been hashtag on a mission for gold for a long time. And I think he will remain there for a long time as well. Will Kevl- Kevin, his, his friend Kevin, uh, Kelvin Gastelum ever be UFC champion? No, he missed his chance. You think the Izzy fight was yep. as, as close as he's going to get? Yep. Because I think he'll, I, uh, for instance... He's an in-betweener. He, well, actually, I used to think that, and now apparently is trouble making middleweight. Which so is he ridiculous. He definitely can't move up again. Oh, no, he'd get murdered yeah. at light heavyweight. But, like, he's a guy who would sort of, if there was a 177-pound division, or 180, they really yeah. should have just done every five pounds. It would have made this so much easier. Well, the other thing as well like is it would stop... 155, 160, 170. Doing that does two things. One, it gives you, you know, people like him... Even Connor and Masvidal, who've you know openly said a one sixty five Poirier is another one. Um, the other thing it does is it gives you more belts, which yeah. I just don't think is a bad thing at no, all. No, it's not, and it solves the UFC's promotional problems as well. Well, people because were, you have more title fights, yeah, to fill cards, and, and then you can you, do cross, you know, like multiple, yeah. across weight divisions more as well. I think they would have to establish rules with that, like well, no, like no, that no, defense no. rule. Essentially, yeah. Like they, they kind of used to do it because there was all that sure for years and years and years. There was talk of uh, Aldo wanted to fight the lightweight champion, and GSP wanted to fight Anderson, and Anderson would wanted to, you know, theoretically to go up the the challenge for the light heavyweight title, and it was always sort of like shot down because you needed to what was it the term you need to clean out your division, yeah, um, and that just seems to have completely disappeared. Now, the, the problem with creating more belts is that then you could have guys who are like, well, I'm three divisions, four divisions. You know, like, it would just get stupid. So, yeah, I think you would need some sort of defense rule and that, like, yeah, you, you're not challenging. But then you couldn't implement a defense rule because uh, you'd need it to be in effect for both fighters. Because, so, say, yes, the 170-pound champ wanted the 175 title so he's 170 he's defended three times but then if he is the, a challenger he jumps the queue i think you'd have to alternate so yeah. you'd have to be like if you know so say you hold two belts you'd have to fight at 170 then at 175 and then at 170 and then at 175 you know she'd have it you'd, you'd have to protect it by having a rule of no more than say two fights at one weight mm. but then like but then who cares? You'd have just have title shots all over the place. It'd be great. But does that cheapen no. the title? No. Of course not. Because you're still you know, you like for a start, if you've guys that say like Gastelum who could fight at middleweight and one seventy seven, you've guys then that you know, 
are still the best in the world, you know, fighting mm. the other guys who are still the best in the world. I think, so you, I you'll think find it, a lot of. Cr- it, would, it would be very hard to have clear divisional rankings, though. But I don't. Could jump, you could literally jump about so much. I mean, guys are already, you're seeing it now, more jumping about loads between like welterweight and lightweight. Now imagine there was another division in between those. And then a division just above welterweight. Yeah, but you see guys jumping across four divisions. It'd just be hard to like actually get any sort of pecking order. Well, no, because the rankings are based on who beat who to an extent. Yeah, but when you say who beat who, who they are is only determined by where they are. Yes, but what I'm saying is, let's say number seven at lightweight beats number five at lightweight. He's number five at lightweight. And if he goes up to welterweight, he's number five at lightweight. And then that rule where you've maybe no more than two fights at a weight class, that means that if he wants to get higher up, he can take two fights at 170, but then he needs to go back down. Otherwise, he'll lose his spot. I don't, but having two fights could theoretically be a, a year plus. Yeah, just, so you've one guy. I, I just don't think then you get have a guy being like, okay, well, I've got to here, and now I'm going, and I have essentially a, a year to hold my spot. I can't lose it. I just think oh, you'd start holding holding things up. But I don't think it would. I think it might it might hold a fight up, but it's not going to hold a division up. But it, it really could if there's a guy coming up lower than that who can't leapfrog him because he's not there. He's but he can not... leapfrog him. He can fight the number four, three, two, and one if he's ranked fifth. I just think it gets messy. It does. Then, but you, not... What's to stop the third, fourth, and fifth ranked guy all doing the same thing? Well... The, well, well, a lack of a lack of motivation would stop that. You know, people that are not interested in trying to get the belt, and that's no fighter. I don't know. I just don't think it would be much different than it is now. Except you have more fights, more options. You get to oh, see yeah, I'm, some I'm, fights that you wouldn't I'm, get to see. I'm for it, I, I I just think from a promotional standpoint, it fills a void. More main events, more titles, more marketing. Less interim titles. Well, a lot of people complained about the UFC 246 card. I didn't have a problem with that. I thought it was a solid card. Um, yeah, some of it was turd. It wasn't the best card ever, but it wasn't a shit card. And had the Gedalia fight stayed on, that would well, have I been... Say, I, in our preview of it last week, I said the green Olenek fight will be dog shit, which it kind of was. Kind of wasn't too, though. Very little to enjoy about that fight. And I said that home Pennington would be super boring. It was the worst fight I've ever seen, but we'll talk about it. Well, one of them, we'll talk about it shortly. Um, Ortega, apparently, sorry, just before we move on. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Whitaker, Whitaker and Cannonier. Apparently, this is to do with the health of his daughter. And I hope that that's not true. Um, I read that he's donating bone marrow. Which, good guy. I saw a lot of people instantly jump on him. And I was guilty of this myself. Being like, well, you know, should he maybe be done? But that was because I well, wrongly I, I t- assumed it was well, an injury. Yeah, yeah, you assumed it was an injury. But I mean the fight game i don't think it's that big of a leap to assume that someone's See, pulling out of dana a getting emotional about it no i haven't seen this he got a uh, he got choked up talking about what a good guy whitaker was and stuff so you know that sort of ties in with the rumors that are circulating yeah, um i hope that it's not true um and if it is true i hope that everybody involved is is going to be okay um but yeah we wish him all the best for whatever it is um it must be pretty big to pull out of a fight i mean he was going to fight with half of his intestine bursting through his pelvis wall so yeah you know what a pretty picture (laughs) no robert whitaker with a hernia wanting to fight 
So rumours are Brian Ortega fight uh, to be announced. That was basically coming off a post he made on Instagram. He just needs to fight. That's what I was going to say. He just needs to get back to it. Would you have a problem with him fighting someone, say, Josh Emmett? You know, someone slightly lower down the rankings just to, to essentially not warm up, but kind of. Well, he was supposed to fight Zombie, who has now... Given himself a title shot, essentially. Yeah, essentially leapfrogged him. Um, I, yeah, I think now, with the amount of time he's been out since the Holloway beating, anyone nearly in the top ten is fair game for him. I wouldn't be against him running Ortega Holloway back. Nah, no. I like I, seeing I, Ortega get beaten up. Just don't like him? No. It's a... Uh, people it's a it's actually a lack of personality that i think the not like adverts second me of him it wasn't that it was the brian ortega had a choice oh yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah represent yeah, 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 his yeah, community yeah. in the octagon it's it's that it's actually, and okay was, let's let's chill out it was the go the build up to the holloway when he was going in and i know exactly shit I ton know of money because i sent it to you I, yeah time. i know exactly the, the moment it was buying the plane it was buying t-shirts. a plane my t-shirt at like a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money i was like you are a dick well like he seems perfectly nice i just don't think that he's the kind of person that i would get on with very well and he does that thing that anthony joshua does it's not like fake humble mm. but in reality i'm like nah i don't buy it well he had a choice he did have a choice. I just, I, I think, and this is very, very a, a, a presumptuous of me, but I just get the feeling that he's essentially, and I think he has a much bigger ego than he would let on when the cameras are rolling. You don't go in and spend big money on playing white t-shirts and be like, this is my boy, talking about the guy who owns the shop, and it's like, your boy? As you that's your boy cold hard cash yeah that's your boy the guy that owns a t-shirt shop yeah I don't know who I'd want to see him fight um, with, with uh, Volkanovski on the sidelines I think just start rattling out essentially a mini tournament to, to see who gets the next title fight I mean Zabit is a great shout yeah, uh, yeah. is another um, I think those are the two feasible options i mean he's already battered frankie edgar there's no desire to see that aldo's gone stevens is booked moicano is moving up emmett yeah emmett makes emmett makes sense makes sense for emmett more um, so than ortega well i think those are the other than zabit and yair Emmett's the only real other option inside the top 10 for what do you make of um hanado moicano wanting to move up to lightweight If he's been struggling to make featherweight, I suppose it makes sense. Has I, he been? Is that why? Well, that's the thing. I don't. I don't know. Um, I hope he is moving up because, from a health perspective, rather than I took a beating, and now I think the grass is greener because mm. it don't get any easier up there. I guess worse. Yeah, I think it's worse up there. Um, he, but did he get booked? He did. Uh, it's a good fight. I'm trying. Who's he booked against? Gonna have to look it up here. Yeah, I'm on it. So I remember seeing an announcement and going, "Ooh, that is a good one." Mm, not seeing it. Not seeing it. Not seeing it. Um, where are we? 
Ooh. Oh, Damir Hadzovic. Hadzovic, yeah. That is a good fight. That's that's about the level I want yeah, to see him Yeah, that's the level I want to see him thrown in at. Hadzovic yeah. got fucking strangled by um, the damage. Oh. Didn't he? Elkins? Yeah. I think Elkins beat him. I can't remember. I'm going to have to look that up now. Elkins, Darren Elkins. Wonder what he's doing these days. He he seems to have gone quiet. Um, I don't know. He's on a bad run. Was it? I swear he fought him, but it appears he didn't. You're thinking of Bektich. I am thinking of Bektich, which he knocked him out. Yeah, it's those Eastern European second names. Just... Who'd Hadvich fight? Ah, ah well. Yeah. Um. So. Edwards and Woodley is confirmed in Great London fight. for March. Is this finally, <laughs> finally the UFC starting to perhaps redeem itself from the Aldo, Sahudo uh, shit show and the um, Romero Adesanya arguable title shot? Is are we finally going to start to see fights like this, or is this the well, I exception? Think, well, this fight's entirely logical. Yes, it is. That's what upsets me. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, I want, what are you up to? Yeah, UFC, what are you up to? Booking. Um, it is a great fight, and it's sort of it's a big fight for for the UK market. Um, I think they're really hoping Edwards has a big breakout performance. I mean, if you beat Woodley, you absolutely deserve title fight. Like, I mean, you could already argue he deserves a title fight. I think it comes down to whether Woodley is done or not. Yeah, like, and not physically, Eastman, but. He did not look. He didn't show up. Yeah, he just looked. I don't know, it was a very strange fight. The whole fight was odd. Yeah. Um, he's focusing on that rap career. Oof. Oh, good grief. If you... It is. It's shockingly it's bad. shockingly bad. Shocking. Like, um, I, I just. I have a feeling Edwards will. And I haven't seen the bet notes, but I would assume Woodley will be the favourite. You would think so. Um, I think Edwards will, will pull an upset. I, just decisions him. Yep, I think five rounds at kickboxing range, just being more mobile. But the thing is, I, th- I was saying to Cameron too on Twitter, like Woodley just has that great equaliser in the overhand right. It's hard to see either of them taking each other down. Now, obviously on paper, Woodley obviously has the better wrestling credentials. But in MMA and with physicality, it's hard to imagine Woodley just being able to take Edwards down whenever he wants. I don't know. Plus he's... I'm not going to say he's abandoned his wrestling, but he's definitely more striking heavy than he used to be. Funny, I think I know why that is. I was listening to the uh, Michael Bisping Believe You Me podcast yesterday, and they were talking about how wrestlers fall in love with their hands, not because it's fun, but because they're like, this is so much less tiring. Yeah, and I wonder with Woodley, is it did it start initially with Lola. circle, 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 and through a little bit, and yeah, no, no, yes, well, obviously yeah, there because everyone sort of thought, especially in, like in a strike force stage, that he was a decision machine, and then he came to the UFC and he absolutely iced, iced people. Uh, Josh Kostyuk. Yep, and mm. then uh, Lawler, he iced, he battered Wonder Boy, dropped him a few times, and then obviously Till, like you know, I don't know, I just have a feeling that. Is the, the hunger still there for Woodley? Because it certainly is there for Edwards. And, and I hate that I've seen people being like, it's a hometown fight. 
Birmingham and London are two very different places. They are. Um, it's not a hometown fight. It's a home country fight. Um, but I think, yeah, it could be a big UK breakout. Um, because, well, they were hoping that would tell. And then, obviously, the Masvidal fight didn't go that way. Yeah, well, we were there for that. Yeah. Um, the UK just doesn't have a big star at the minute. Like, I mean, you could argue that Till, is, you know, well, Till kind of is, but I think the public perception of Till has sort of eased up after the, the Masvidal fight. Yep. Um, there's definitely, especially when, when he was fighting Wonder Boy, there was lots of buzz uh, just around the UK in general about Till and about him afterwards. And I think just because of how the Woodley fight went and the Masvidal fight that people aren't, the, the more casual fans aren't really paying attention to him as much anymore yeah How, you know which is crazy because he obviously just beat kelvin gastelum and he's right in the title picture at, at middleweight but needs a big performance or two um edwards has a great record and he i mean you, you couldn't not give him a title well I'll say when i say things like you could not give him a title fight they absolutely could, can would, and probably wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, can and probably wouldn't. Um, he's just... If Leon Edwards was blessed with a deeper voice, um, he'd be a superstar. Yeah, I mean, I think that Woodley has lost a lot of fan uh, fanfare. Um, he certainly lost me for a while. I was a huge Woodley fan. But I just kind of got sick of the excuses I've never ever bought the narrative he's, he's scared to fight. I hated seeing people post that. It's a load of shit. But just this thing like, you know, I'm not fighting outside of the US, blah, blah, blah. You know, I like, like that. No, no, I like, don't. And here's shots. why. No, no. A certain no, no, because he's, he, you lose that when you don't have the belt. We've argued about this before, but he's independent but, contractor. Yeah, but you he either. Have to take yeah, no, no, he, he does. Because, and here's why. I'm not saying like he has to, as in like off the UFC say you do it, you do it. What I mean is. If you want that belt back, you'll fight anyone anywhere. Nah. As long as you get the same money. And here's my problem with what he did when it comes to this fight. I don't Granted, think so. respect I think, he signed I don't think it. That that mentality exists or works or is particularly no, but, smart. But, no, but here's my problem. People, and why Woodley's, should Edwards Woodley's because he manages his career better? Why should Edwards have to bend over and go to Woodley? Because Woodley's the higher ranked guy. Woodley's the former champion. But, but Woodley has everything Edward Edwards wants. Woodley is why should Woodley have to step down, go to this go to Edwards' country, fight away from home, fight away from his family to fight a guy ranked lower than him? Because he is the next in line, essentially. And if you want that shot back, that's exactly my point. But that's what I'm saying, but you, we, we, Edwards can't, we, can't, is, we can't complain because Woodley is doing it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, no, I, I, that's what I'm saying. As I just said that, I said respect for Woodley for actually signing. But what I'm saying is that the whole thing in the build up was like, this is why he's lost fanfare. He bitched and moaned about it, and then he just did it. That's like, well, what the fuck? Like, what's your problem then? You know, and on top of that, it's probably just a negotiating tactic. It could be, but it's co- there's constantly something. He never just signs a fight. Like, you never just hear. Taron Woodley fight announced. All you hear is him bitching. Like, what was his thing? 
about playing the black card was his big thing for a long time and he sort of lost me a bit and then he won me back again by sort of calming down again and I just can't go through this every single time there's a Woodley fight there's just always something where he's like he's like sh- shittily trying to get his name back into the the in the circulation but he never goes about it the right way and he goes about it in a way that isn't conducive to to gaining or garnering fan respect and I'm not the only person that feels like this. I still respect him immensely as a fighter. And at one case, and, and maybe still to an extent, you could have made the... Well, no, you can't. But you could have made the case that he was on track to be the greatest welterweight of all time. Um, you can't now, but you could have. There was a period where he was on track to do that. He is one of the greatest. Definitely. But this is my point, is that to fall from that to... that, You know, how can you be nearly the greatest welterweight of all time and people still hate the way you get on? Everything from that's outside of the cage stuff to me. I think to be measured is how good he, how good a fighter he was. Oh no, but you're not. Your body work is literally what you do. But you're not measuring it against that. It just, of course, plays into the popularity. And I think that his case would be strengthened if he were more popular. Although it shouldn't be. I don't judge. I don't. I judge your record and and your performances. Uh, when I'm thinking about you know greatest of all time or how good a fighter actually is, but in terms of popularity, it's definitely definitely damaged him the way he's got on about a whole number of things. Sure, the UFC was out to get him and this and that and the other. And the bottom line is, if he some w- of it, my problem with it is that there's merit in some of it, you know. So mm, yeah. I can't sort of brush it all off. No, but I think the- I think he stood up to being trying to be strong armed into several fights which he was you know what he wasn't physically ready for i think there was a lot of <clears throat> issues with i think it's his hands isn't it yeah or um, his wrists isn't it something like arthritis yeah. or something um and he did have a bunch of injuries and i think the ufc were trying to you know like i said strong arm him into taking fights and he just wasn't doing it because he wasn't ready and then that sort of made him better or, or whatever and then i agree that some of the complaints seem very trivial um but I can't just you know broad stroke everything. No, but I'm not. You, but you you can't. Well, I'm not broad stroking everything. Like I've I never ever said he should fight because he's got injuries. You know I've I would never. But I think, no, but I think the UFC pushed the narrative that he's a bit of a crybaby. I never said that, but he is. No, like, no, I'm I'm saying that. I think that that's exactly what they did. I think despite him being a great fighter, he didn't just toe the company line with certain things, and I think the. UFC weren't too upset when he lost the belt. No, I think they were happy about that. Um, but but I think they, I think they had a lot to do in in setting the narrative of or talking about his character and Dana and the usual PR machine behind it. Fair enough. Well, we will obviously have a breakdown of that fight closer to the time, so uh, we'll move on just quickly uh, to. That's well, it's not really a lot to talk about with this, but. Frankie Edgar broke his orbital bone against a zombie, which is a bit shit. So he'll be out for a while. Broke it on his fist. Yes, correct. Um, repetitively, I believe. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to quickly talk about UFC 246. Um, we stayed up for the card. As always. Uh, although my days of doing that, I think, are starting to become numbered. I might have to start be that guy, watch it in the morning. Apart nah. from the apart from ones like this. Cause you got to do it. I know it's just so difficult. Like, is it, it like yesterday? I was just fucked. Yeah, just take a day, sleep. I know, it but off. that's a day literally burnt. Yeah, just have a lazy. You Sunday. You only get seven of those in a week, you know. Yeah, just have a lazy Sunday. Just don't be lazy the rest of the week. 
so um, there was a, a handful of good fights in the prelims. Um, Drew Dober and Nasrat Hakpras, the fight we were really, really, really high on. I called this. I had a gut feeling and I wagered on it as well and got silly odds for it. But Drew Dober iced him a minute into the first round. Yep. It was don't, a horrific stoppage. Don't throw leg kicks without setting them up, kids. Yeah. He a horrible left hook. But and uh, obviously owed the ref some money. Hack for us because he was just for letting it roll on and on. It was a bad stoppage. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. I mean, he was out, like out, out, out. It was about yeah, I'd say five, about five punches too late. Yeah, and you know, I'm ne- I wouldn't. Ne- I'm never pissed at the fighter for for following up, but I think he could have maybe taken a little little spice off. Yeah, I'm never. I don't judge him for it, and I, I would never hold it against the fighter because I I am a massive believer in you fight until the ref says stop. But at the same time, I do feel a little bit like maybe maybe you could have <laughs> taken yeah He's just already take dead. A, yeah take a take a little bit a little bit off those like just in case. Um, Tim Elliott looked fucking. It was a wild fight, but but it was a fun fight against Askar Askarov. As close as I've seen anyone to being unconscious to spring what the I said, fuck is his chin made I from? said at the time it's like if you've ever fallen asleep on a train or a bus or an airplane and you like start to snore or like your head starts to slip forward and you catch it and snap awake that is literally what he did after getting nearly iced yeah it was crazy it was crazy the third round kind of annoyed me because Tim Elliott was doing the you know hands out trying to egg him on just walking him down you know I hate saying things like he was trying to act tough because obviously he's yeah he, he is, is very tough. tough. Um, but like if you're doing that without any output, it just looks desperate. And Askarov but then you just, kind of are. That's true. Askarov just sort of picked them apart in the back foot. Um, I thought it was a pretty comfortable win, and like he's legit, and he is. We'll move on. Uh, Andre Feely, Sadiq Yusuf, this fight went one of the ways we discussed, which was Sadiq either iced him early or it would have gone the decision. I think Sadiq took his foot off the pedal a bit at the end. Yeah, he seemed uh, to take the third round off, which seemed super risky because that first round was in no way a banker. No, I had He got taken down like four times. However, we've spoken about this before. Maybe it's a sign that the judging in that fight was actually better because he was taken down a bunch of times but not held down. Yeah. So they maybe, well, they obviously didn't hold that against him. Whereas Which, some some judges now the judges in general had a pretty bad night of it, um, but uh, you know this may be indicative of a move in the right direction, especially when it comes to how you value a takedown. Because some people would just be like, "Oh, you took him down four times in that round." Well, obviously he won it. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I mean, and I I think a takedown on its own is nearly worthless. Takes a lot of it takes a lot of effort. It and does, but a lot that, of but, a lot of effort that amounts to someone springing back up yeah, is just wasted you, you effort. If you can't control them, it's a lot of effort wasted. Nearly. Would you see? Would you like to see something like a, you know, like a like the judges press a button when there's a takedown, and you know, fireworks go off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like they press it when the guy gets back up, and it has to be over. Five nah. seconds, or I you think know, it's just subjective. I don't think it needs to adhere to. No, but like a minimum a, level of control. I just, I don't think so. I, you know, because I could take, you could take someone down with a massive double leg and clearly be 
able to hold them down, but like say there was only a certain bit of the round left, you know. I don't Fair. think. I think once you start putting time minimums or limits on it, then I think people will play to that as well. There's a lot of good matchups for Yusuf. So he's talking about going to 55, which I wouldn't hate at all, but. He definitely is going to have to. Well, I mean, he looked fucking brilliant in his grappling. The second round, in, second round in particular, because Feely's a tough customer. But the it was just the the game management in the third round. Like essentially, you put your back foot against the cage and try and pot shot him, and Feely just lit him up with a jab from southpaw too. Yeah, it just it was very risky. Um, I could easily have seen that that result swinging the other way. Same, um, yeah. but. Yeah, I could see him do- doing well at 55. He's uh, he's a big boy. So, Modafferi and Macy Barber, um, this fight actually won me a handsome sum. Um, well, I say that, but like my, my one unit is like one pound, which is like less than $2. Yep. Like, we're not big money betters, uh, just a bit of fun, but... Um, I think I got nine to one for Modafferi by decision, but like we called this last week where we said it's like this could be one of those fights where now I saw a lot of people saying you know Macy Barber to anyone who doesn't know suffered a complete ACL tear tear. Um, we will get on to the the weirdness with the doctor in a second. But Has that been officially yes. revealed? Yeah. Okay, I just I genuinely hadn't seen any follow up. Yeah, it has. That. Um, but Modafferi. So I've seen people saying right, you know. Macy Barber, you can't tell a lot because she had the injury. That is true. And, yeah, and she had the injury in the second round. That's what I was going to say. First the first round, she got bothered, you know. And I have lost no respect for, for Barber at all. I thought that, you know, I res- I do respect her for carrying on, but part of me also thinks when you're 21... Yeah, you've torn your... You've blown your knee out. What, what's, your, what's your path to victory? And also... Does it serve you better long term to just absolutely to just like it's move just... on? You know, like she she mouthed, uh, she looked down to the mat at one stage and there was a lot of blood coming from a cut she had, and she mouthed fuck, and that was the moment I knew that she was going to lose the fight because it, it just it, it had a once you know it, had, it just had that feeling seeing that and I think she just looked out of her depth, out of her depth, yeah. But the she's injury been, would have played to, into that. She's been able to like just blitz uh women and get rid of them super early and she came up against someone a, she couldn't a veteran do it to. who she couldn't do it to who whose grappling was so far ahead of, well especially offensively like barbara just didn't i don't know if she, she, she well she mightn't have and she probably didn't expect to fight off her back but she just didn't look prepared to fight off her back if that was even an option she said in between i think the second and third i'm done i'm done i'm nearly sure she said that didn't she going into the corner because i remember hearing at the time and turning around you and being like she's i think she's just said she's done do you think that the corner should have thrown the towel in yes yes i agree considering it's the same corner it's uh jake rivers Mm-hmm. Um, they were responsible for the when the, Pettis broke his hand. Yep. He was like, "I'm not sending you back out there." But apparently, we're cool with. Well, she's she's torn her knee. Away you go. And the thing is, too, and she took. There was no. I mean, uh, there's never no chance of someone winning because no matter how small, you could throw a hail mary punch and ice someone. But when the odds are literally ninety nine, you know, you're ninety nine percent certain you're just going out there to take more abuse. I think you you have to do the smart thing, and like you said, she's twenty one. She's got it all still all in front of her. 
Um, she could have damaged her knee even further, or she could have got another injury, or she could have got knocked dead. Um, I just don't think there was any benefit to sending her back out. No, no, and it would be different if she didn't have the injury and it was a one-sided beating, you know, within reason. I think you send her back out for the experience. But when oh, yeah, you yeah, combine the injury and the one-sidedness of the fight... Yeah, I, I think more fights could probably do with being stopped when they're that one-sided. However, it's like I said, it's whether coaches have the balls to make that decision because there is always a small a chance, small chance that, a Hail Mary. Yeah. Well, I do respect her immensely. Because well, you're taking that... I suppose you have to think of it financially as well. You're taking... The chance the, to win the, the Well, you're taking the money. decision to, you know, for them to lose their win bonus, which sometimes can be, you know, up to 50%. You're taking away any chance of a bonus. You're taking away the chance of if they win, then their change in rankings and their potential next higher fight, you know, has a much higher earning potential. You know, it's making those decisions for the well-being of your fighter and your fighter being able to be... I don't want to say mature enough, but this kind of is, or sensible enough to accept that, you know, that they're in, I know it's weird to say they're in physical danger, because obviously they're in a, a fist fight in a cage, they're literally always in physical danger, but a heightened sense of danger, Yeah. when there is long-term ramifications, like, I really hope not, but knees are a funny old injury as well, like, she might never be the same. I hope not, because... I, ho- I hope not. Here's a question. Uh, John Jones, 25, won the strap, uh, youngest champion ever. Wait, was Josh Barnett not the youngest champion ever? Mm, I don't know, I'd have to check. I think it's John Jones sounds more so. Hmm. Well, anyway, um, do you think Macy Barber has what it takes to become the youngest champ ever? Based off that, no. But four years in MMA is a long old time. John Jones. What age apparently. was he? Apparently. 25. 23. Oh, 23. 23 years, eight months. Is she going to be a champion in the next two years? No. No, okay. That's fair. I don't think it's, it's uh, Valentina Shevchenko's her division. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't have the strike in the hang with that. And. Or the, at the moment, the or, grappling. Or the grappling. Having said that, with Ben Askren floating around there. She will, she will have a title shot in the next two years. Unless Valentina Shevchenko gives it up and goes back up. Because I think, other than Shevchenko, like with two years of, you know, two years of improvement, there's, it's a weak division. I think you do Modafferi Calderwood next. Yeah, makes sense. I like, uh, I like Juju. Um, it's I think, a weird division in that like, I give none of them much of uh, of any chance against Shevchenko. No, she's no. that far ahead. Like she's, and she's already mauled half of them. <laughs> it's a crazy division. Um, respect to Macy Barber for for continuing. Whether she should or should not, um, let us know what you or should or should not have. Uh, give us a, a tweet and let us know at Super Out MMA Show. Um, and uh, let us know your thoughts but um, respect her and fantastic win for Modafferi. Um she's like I'm trying to think of, she's like the cowboy of no she's like John Fitch yeah well yeah yeah she's more like and stylistically <laughs> yeah. but I just meant in that like but she'll just she's the one person that every time you sleep on her 
she'll batter the other person and then when you come around and go oh, i think they'll win this fight then they lose you know she's that yeah. like cowboy type in that regard but i am um, much respect to both fighters it was a, a hell of a fight um you see uh Monteferi said she had to spit out uh barber's blood nice which is a, a classy uh a classy thing to have to do but uh she just chugged it <laughs> can't get it down you um the the ufc card itself um had some great fights and some not so great fights the next one that uh, i thought was a really good fight uh was the anthony pettis carlos diego ferreria fight cdf uh, obviously picking up the submission victory which is all the more impressive because anthony pettis is no slouch in the ground no it was pretty one-sided lots of back control it's worrying for pettis because we said going into this we both picked Ferreira, but we both said that, you know, you have to be fairly elite to beat Pettis. He only really has lost to champions and former champions. You know, people right at the very, very, very top. Mm-hmm. He doesn't lose to contenders in the way up much, and he just got dominated. Um, it's just hard to see where he goes. There's no path to the top. <coughs> at lightweight or welterweight um bellator is calling i think so get them brothers grim reunited yeah it's just what more is there for him to do in the ufc very very little he's been the champion he's defended it a couple of times i ha- fancy his chances in bellator he had that mega push uh, he's he's a risky one in bellator because if he goes there thinking i'm the, anthony pettis. i'm anthony pettis and the competition is beneath me he could get a rude awakening but if he goes there and like legit takes it as serious as he should um yeah he could do well there i think he, yeah he could probably just use a change of scenery to be honest i agree brian kelleher got the submission victory in round one with a nasty guillotine against um osborne uh the old foot tap <clears throat> that was how bad must it be to be like kicking I know, obviously, yeah. that's all, the, all he could do because his arms Flopping were tied up. like a fish. But literally, like, the panic, like... And it must have come on really quickly as well. Uh, yeah, he had him against the cage, and then the they came out a bit, didn't they? And he pulled guard with it. But he had both arms tied up, like... Nasty. Rough. I mean, I think it's about time that we see um, Kelleher fighting someone ranked again. Um... I'm not there yet. I think that was a save your job performance, not a break into the top 10 performance. You reckon? Yeah. I'm not saying break into the top 10. I just mean like someone like, you know, number 15 or something. You know, I'm not saying like we give him someone in the top 10, but, you know, you can't just keep people around constantly. Uh, Well, they kind of have to because they've got to fill these cards out. You know, not everybody can... You know, not everybody can be a, a top 15 fighter, and people coming into the UFC can't jump straight into the top 15. There I mean, needs to- he has a win over Aori Al- Alcantara, you know, like, which granted was you know, a couple of years ago, but, you know, he, he fought some good people. You know, he fought John Lineker. Yes, he got knocked out, but he looked okay in that fight. You know, I think he's an absolutely serviceable UFC level fighter. Um, I, I think you give him <clears> someone, you know, Marlon Vera. I don't think beating Odie Osborne 
warrants that. No, it doesn't. But it's it's the it's the accumulation of fights, you know, like and who he's fought before. I just think he's coming off a bad, <clears throat> two bad finishes to Lineker and is it Montel Jackson yeah. tapped him. One more outside, and then if he wins that, then you start looking at breaking into the top fifteen again. Alexi Olenek uh, predictably uh, submitted Maurice Green. Uh, terrible fight. It was fun in how terrible it was, though, because Olenek windmilling those weird punches. Maurice Green looked okay for about 30 seconds at the start of the fight. I said to you at the time, and I stand by it, Olenek looks like he just has such a hard time getting out of bed. You just imagine him getting up in the morning, sitting on the edge of the bed, big sigh and a groan as everything stiffens up as he stands up and just... Oh. I have no fluidity of movement anymore. I'm kind of okay with not seeing Olenek fight again. Oh, yeah. Like, what? I said I said to you as well, why would you keep doing this to yourself? Because it's heavyweight. You could feasibly end up in a coma so any given time. He's ranked 12th, so you might see him bounce up a bit, right? Next. Real, I don't think he will. Ivanov. Like, beating Maurice Green doesn't Abdura came off. Walt Harris. Overeem, Volkov, Lewis, Rosenstruck, oh, Santos, all of them kill him dead. He's not fighting up the way. Yeah, okay, so Sergei Pavlich or Cyril Gain. Mm. You know, like, these are people below him. Augusto Sakai, they would all... Well, Sakai maybe might, might my fight not, is, but... My fight is Arlovsky. That'd be a fun fight, but I'd li- I think it's time for both of them to, to, to consider pastures greener. So I 100% agree, but if they're going to keep doing it, they may as well do it to each other. That's true. Uh, Olenek, though, beast. Like, I kind of love that he's oh, like, yeah, like he's mid-40s, like just cranky old man and, who'll tap you. Yeah, and it was a nasty, nasty arm. Was it an arm bar? Uh, yeah. But he had like it great. for ages. No, he had a weird, like, scarf hold in the first, which he held onto for ages it was like a scarf but with like uh he was like folding him like a concertina at the time yeah um i just think murray screen needs to go away for a bit yeah just go focus on crochet career or something not even that i just well go regional he's just other just not good enough he's not good enough other than being giant and he he lost a bunch of weight for this fight so he looked in great shape he just technically He's not there. Not there at all. Like, Olenek's striking. I don't know how it's so bad. Yeah, for having 170 fights or something. Fights. Yeah. Um, he's just windmilling at, like, two miles an hour. And, like, Murray Screen, the, the blueprint is to stay on the outside, use the height, reach, and superior striking. And it just, it couldn't be done. It was a, it was a poor fight. Holly Holm, Raquel Pennington. Speaking of poor fights. One of the poorest fights I've ever seen. Very, very dull. Who was the ref? Because um, it wasn't Herzog, was it? It was. Wasn't it? It was, yeah. That's disappointing because I really great ref. rate him as a ref, but that was that fight was dull. Not a lot going on. Uh, Holly- Pennington came out and said that oh, I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to fight. I didn't want to be hugged. I'm sorry. That's up to you to stop her doing that yeah fuck that like that's that, that's literally what happened to me in my first fight yeah it's just boring it's, but it's boring the and onus shit, is on the person yeah, you know on, like on the onus was on me you know like get out of it um holly home to get a title shot again yeah but her cage control was fucking phenomenal 
like you know it's like yes it's boring but she fought brilliantly technically on paper but like it it was a like i think that there wasn't enough i don't even know what she did there's not enough strikes she was able to just out muscle her i don't know how much technically better it was like she just was the bigger physically stronger woman in the cage so anytime pennington even you know pummeled for an underhook or turned around she was just able to muscle out of it and she did yeah nothing with it no there was that was the problem was that there was no action whatsoever um you know in terms of striking um and i think that you have to have that um you know when you're clinching because if you don't if you're not working for a takedown and you're not striking you're not doing anything yeah but you're right holly home to get the title shot next because that's always the way i told you it was gonna happen told you it was gonna be a dull decision but she's she's gonna win home's the same home only loses to champions yeah, yeah. And if she had a loss to Pennington, it would have been a big red flag that, that she she's was on the decline. Did you hear her post-fight press conference? I did not. She was slurry or something. There was something off about the way she was talking. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Like CTE, post-concussion syndrome, slurring. Like it, The way she was talking just didn't sound right. It was hard to describe why, because it wasn't anything like blatantly obvious. It was just like subtle. Just didn't sound right to me, but hopefully not. Um, the main event, obviously, McGregor iced Cowboy Cerrone in forty seconds. Um, what a fucking performance! Yeah, absolutely great. Um, I wouldn't say as expected, but we obviously didn't expect it to be forty seconds. Um, just caught Cowboy cold, just came out and blitzed him, didn't get into it. There was uh, so shoulders, yep. just messed Cerrone up straight away, head kick. There was one passage of action in that fight, and it ended it. Like, you knew, it, you nearly knew it was over immediately. Yeah, yeah, because it, it instantly had co- uh, Cowboy in the back foot. Yeah. Um, and that head kick. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, what what a fucking performance. I mean, it was... Well, it, I mean, lots of people uh, give, and rightfully so, Stephen A. Smith a bunch of shit for his comments on the fight, more on, on his comments on Cowboy. But what he said about Connor, and I kind of agree, is what did we learn about him? I don't know if we learned anything. Like, we knew he was a great striker. A great. I suppose we we were questioning last week whether he had power. Whether he had power. Now, I think if anybody head kicks anybody, it's usually not great. I suppose we were talking about in the hands, but finishing ability at welterweight is definitely there. But there you go. There is what we learned. Yeah. Um. We also learned that he clearly can still handle the the big fight pressure. Yeah. I, um. So we should. Um, it, it's good. It's The UFC is a better machine with Connor working as one of its cogs. Yes. I think it's more fun. Yeah, there's definitely big fights to look forward to. Do you think... Whereas he- if he had a lost... You you would have lost those those big fights. I mean, the thing with this performance that startled me was Cerrone didn't even get one shot. I think, Con- I think Connor just kick. Connor just knew. I've been saying it to you for a, a long time. I love Cowboy Cerrone. He is a great fighter, but he is a choke artist. 
and that when it, when push comes to shove against elite fighters and high profile bouts, he mentally cannot hack it. I know, and that's easy for me to say sitting here miles away never going to be in a ufc fight never mind a you know one of the biggest headliners ever but i mean there's evidence to suggest this now you know it's not just opinion based when it when he gets he goes on a run he gets to the top or close to the top and he tends to lose and i think connor Connor, for all his, his faults, knows how to play mind games. He knows, the, you know, the mental side of, of fighting. Yeah. And they they will absolutely have known that. We're going to come out. We're going to get, we're going to blitz him. We're going to go straight after him and get him out of there. And it worked. It worked. It, it literally couldn't have gone any better for Connor. It was the perfect comeback. But then again, Cowboy was handpicked for that. Th- he that's came true. Back, he didn't take a punch. He beat a respected and much-loved veteran in 40 seconds. He gave a good, humble post-fight interview with a bit of spice when he started calling, you know, with a bit of the old McGregor spice, calling people out. You see, he called Felder out. Did he? Well, sort of. He named him because he remembered you know, Felder talking shit a while back. That'd be a fucking fun fight. It would be a fun fight. But it'll not happen, obviously. But no, um... But yeah, it is literally perfect night for, for Conor McGregor, and I'm sure the UFC are absolutely delighted. Yeah. Um, and so they should be. Question. Mm-hmm. What's next for McGregor? Does he, stay fa- does he stay humble? That's the first question. And do you believe that his reinvigorated training... I think that... I think what you can establish from what we just saw was that the things he was saying about his training, his mindset, I think that those things were true. Now, I don't buy that he wasn't training for Habib or whatever. I don't, th- I, even with the mindset thing, I don't buy into it that he ever lost it or, or changed it. I think he literally just came up against, uh, like in his last two, I to say fights, not, you know, in boxing as well. He came up against absolute world-class, greatest of all time potential masters of their craft yep. in boxing and an MMA with Habib. There's nothing, you know, I don't think he ballsed up preparation. I don't think he got the mental side wrong. I just think he was never going to beat those guys. I agree. But I think it actually fuels a bit of delusion to think that it's things he could have done differently to change those results, if you know what I mean. Yes, yeah, no, I totally know. It's more of an actual skill gap than anything um, but this was the first time we've ever seen connor friendly touching gloves nice well, he didn't touch, the fight he week. didn't touch gloves in the cage no no they did just before it started though which i don't think no he, f- he gave dennis siever the finger did he not oh well, yeah they touched when they when they brought them into the middle didn't they i mean yeah. it's like yeah no 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 i get that but um yeah you know it it, it I kind of do, and and you know, and and anybody. I think, that, like I said, I think lots of how you get on was a, a smart PR move because I think, just to be frank, people were sick of his shit. But that's my that's my question: is do, do I uh, anyone that's listening to this podcast and you know full well that I am not a Connor Not writer, but he, I just he did seem different. I just don't know behind closed True. doors if like was it zebra doesn't. 
Leopard doesn't change oh, leopard spots. Doesn't change. The one you were leopard. thinking of is if yeah. you hear a, a hear horse, hear horses. Yeah, yeah. I hear hooves, think horses, not zebras. Yeah, yeah. Got those mixed up. But yeah, I just don't. I, I like. I genuinely hope he's in a better place. I think it's quite clear he has or had. I'm not going to say. Well, we don't know for certain. But based off what he's saying, he had a substance abuse problem. I think which that he's you can clearly working to get round because you can't be an elite level fighter. But that's well, what I mean. Well, as I say that Do after Mike, Mike Tyson, Tyson yeah. <laughs> plowed through mountains of cocaine. Yeah, but he also got knocked unconscious by that, Trevor Burbank high on coke. Well, I don't know if he was in a fight, but in, in the, like, yeah, the days leading up to but, it. Uh, well, I, I hope, I genuinely hope he has turned a corner with that. And maybe it does it, seem maybe, like that. Maybe it's a maturity thing. Um, Could be. Having kids. Yeah, but uh, I think there's still the dark cloud of the sexual assault cases until until they're cleared. Now, I'm not going to say because we've no evidence to suggest yeah. either way, but it is there and it does need yes, to be dealt with. Yes, it does with. need to be dealt with. Um, um, and then and then we'll see because, I mean, that could if that goes one way, that could very quickly turn public opinion of him again. So, Who do you want to see him fight next? I want to see him fight Masvidal next. Do you think that's a close fight? I do. I, I genuinely do. I think Connor's got enough power about him that Masvidal would have to obviously respect it. I think it would be a stand-up fight. I think they both have super clean boxing. I think that's a. I think it's a really good fight. I think it'd be a really fun fight as well. I think it has to be Masvidal because of he's now in a in a holy triangle with Connor and Diaz. Mm-hmm. Like just that link, that BMF just, belt link, just Masvidal's popularity exploding. It's like, don't fuck this up, UFC. You have the the two biggest stars in the sport in the same division at the same time, unbooked in their prime. It makes too much sense. Well, Dana said at the press conference that he doesn't think that that Masvidal's too big for Conor now. It's magic that. All Isn't sudden, it all funny that? But then it's kind of that ties into the, what I said to you last week, which is that Conor almost had the perfect narrative. If he didn't win, the thing with where he Ma- could play the one seventy was never oh, yeah, my division. I, I still agree. I do, Connor is not going to be the welterweight champion as long as there's Covingtons and he might be an and interim Wibblers. champ. He might be an interim champ, but the size thing doesn't matter as much because Masvidal isn't a wrestler. Yes, that's true. That's true. And Masvidal, like he is, like Connor, is a former lightweight. Do you think McGregor hits as hard as Till? I don't know. You know, it's hard to say. You know, based off physical size, you'd probably say Till. It's harder, but Till Till was also so drawn out from those ridiculous weight cuts that you know is punching everything. Every physical attribute must have been compromised to some degree. That's true. Um, but I think I I think that's the thing as well is that Connor. You know, we've talked about it a lot with weight cutting. At 170, is not compromised in the slightest. No, not and at all. And neither is Masvidal. And it's another one of those and times. And how Masvidal has performed. It's another one of those times that you see the guys who don't weight cut just perform yeah, better. But I just think it has to be Masvidal. I know Dana is banging the Habib 2 drum to death at this point. One, I find it disrespectful to Tony Ferguson because Tony is a legit threat to Habib. Yep. Now, I'm still picking Habib. I still think he'll get the job done. But it's just... It's a close fight. Yeah, to write him off and say, well, it's Conor Habib for the title next when there's a literal title fight booked. 
And two, I just there isn't there hasn't been enough time for Connor to get close to making the adjustments. I don't think he'll ever be able to make the adjustments. The fight will go the, the same way 99 times out of 100. And three, the best point is, and you made it last week, people have seen it. He got his. The story is over. Yeah. It was nasty. It left a bad taste in people's mouth. No one came away from it looking good. Habib, the post-fight actions made him look like a scumbag. Everything leading up to the fight made Connor look like a scumbag. Yep. It just devolved into absolute anarchy and it's just not a good look. I don't think they need to run it back or if they do, wait until Connor, if you know, if he goes on a winning streak, then you at least have a narrative to sell. But like winning one fight against a gatekeeper at 170 doesn't justify you that fight. True. Um, speaking of that, what's next for Sharoni? I hope retirement but he said he's not going to he said he's not going to well it's gonna have to be a a step down in competition he is he is yep and it's it's not detrimental to, to him to say this he is just a a super high class gatekeeper yeah that's that's well, at this stage i think that's fair he be, anyone who beats him deserves to be in title contention either at welterweight or lightweight and anyone he beats is probably just on the cusp and not quite quite there. If Anthony Pettis stays uh, in the UFC, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that Pettis and Cerrone it would makes, be a fun fight. It makes sense because... Rankings. Well, rankings, it's just, that sounds awful. It makes sense in that it's fun and there's no stakes. Or Gregor Gillespie, Cerrone. If you're wanting to try yeah. and build Gregor Gillespie or give Cowboy a chance to... I hope Cowboy, first of all, takes some time off. Yes. those are three... Bad ones. Brutal beatings. Which does pose the question, is he physically... You know, is he physically I, on the way out? I think so. I like, mean, durability... I'm looking, I'm looking at his record here. So he had, I don't know, how many Muay Thai, Muay Thai fights? 29 Muay Thai fights. One professional boxing loss, didn't even know that existed, uh, and 51 MMA fights. It's a lot of miles. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of miles. Especially considering his other hobbies. Yeah, and I just think the losses he's taken have been bad. Yeah. Well, more so in recent times. You know, you know the DeSanius one was bad. Masvidal one was bad. Robbie Lawler one was tough. You know, you know, you can't fight Robbie Lawler and come out feeling good afterwards yep. if you go the distance. The Till one was bad. Edwards maybe wasn't the most physically brutal one, yep. but he got outclassed everywhere. And then the last three, the Tony Gaethje and Connor losses, are all physically terrible. Um, and they're all they're so close together. Yes. Um, yeah, like not a lot of recovery time in no, between. I just don't see him going back down to lightweight in a rush either. Why would you? Well, if just, you're him. I hope he just got paid something sizable for this. The rumors are three mil. Yeah, which I think... Uh, probably about right. Probably about right. Uh, I'd take that fight for three mil. Yeah, you just take 40 seconds of getting your shit pushed Speaking in. Speaking of which, if you think that fight's rigged, turn oh, this podcast yeah, off and don't listen. Stupid and, idiot. Yeah, like, there's no way. Like, And, and you know what? It was one-sided, which didn't help the case for people who thought it might have been rigged. 
It's look true. at the state of his face after the fight. It's true. It's it wasn't rigged. It was. I'm, I'm not. I was about to say it was stacked in his favor. It wasn't either because it's still a fight. Um, but it was Connor's fight to lose. It was essentially as close to. It's hard to say as a tune-up fight, but, but it was a tune-up. But it was fight. kind of a tune-up fight. Yeah, it was a reputable, reputable opponent, which he was expected to beat, and he did. That is one hundred percent correct. So. UFC Fight Night this week coming. Um, we're not going to talk about the whole card. I don't think there's enough there to warrant us talking about the whole card. But uh, we'll give our quick thoughts on uh, some of the fights. Um, the most interesting one for me uh, is probably... Well, it's probably going to be the main event, um, Blades and DeSantos. But one that I find very intriguing is DeSantos and Michael Chiesa. Yeah. Um, DeSantos wins that all day, every day to me. He should do. Um, it's just he's another guy lots of miles on the body and at some point the wheels are going to fall off I don't think Michael Chiesa is the guy to do it though um, I just don't see his path to victory no you th- uh, yeah like DeSanius has the advantage everywhere I mean Chiesa is another previous 55er so he's not going to be physically so overwhelming yeah, yeah. for DeSanius that you know that he's going to bully him around. His jiu-jitsu is unbelievable, but De Santos has better jiu-jitsu. Better jiu-jitsu. Um, like, I would say... Substantially, substantially better. Substantially better jiu-jitsu. And De Santos definitely has a massive advantage on the feet. So no disrespect to Chiesa, I do question where he will be able to beat De Santos. I think De Santos, his leg kicks every time he steps in, he'll probably take him down. He's just better everywhere. Uh, I think, yeah, I just, I can't pick against Desanyos here. Just, I, I struggle to find one part of the game where I'm like, yeah, you know what, Chiesa has, actually has the advantage there. I just think there's levels to this, and I think RDA is, and has been, an elite fighter for a long time, and Michael Chiesa never quite uh, reached that peak well Chiesa isn't even ranked at welterweight no I'm just looking at his re- like he's, he's fighting you know a veteran's run his last few Diego Sanchez Carlos Condit and Anthony Pettis he's literally fighting Dos Sanos after fighting Diego Sanchez like that is a redonkulous step up yeah night and day step up and you know and that's no disrespect to Diego Sanchez because this is 2019 Diego Sanchez yeah, and his win over Carlos Conda as well you know that's it's another guy who's uh, just uh, for close to done well should have been done for whatever reason you know, he's just not his two previous losses both by submission I think is I think it could look a bit like the Kevin Lee fight yeah that I actually just before we run air I predicted a submission win from the Sanchez and it's I mean he could he could he could win on the feet but I I think it looks a lot like the Kevin Lee fight I think there's a yeah, backwards I, and forwards I, in the feet. I think you're absolutely right. RDA takes him down, and I could even be a head arm triangle again. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. That would be my my opinion. It's an odd one because I mean, the likes of um, if you you know if you're looking at welterweight, I think Neil Magny would have been a good fight. It's a big, it's a, it's a big fight. It's not as he's obviously had a few welterweight fights now, but it's a massive jump up. Like he's completely just skipped. What the top ten? The top ten and straight into five or whatever Desanyu says. Now. And fair play to him for taking the fight, you know, because he, oh, yeah. he if, clearly if, believes he can if win. If he can pull off a victory, he's undefeated at welterweight and has a victory over the number five guy in the world. Uh, I think Neil Magny would have been the matchup that I'd have looked at. 
Neil Magny versus yeah, yeah something like that, something like that, or or a Vincente Luque even yeah, tested um, the waters, test the waters a bit, yeah. Um, but it is what it is. Um, so what's your prediction? Uh, same as yourself, I think RDA taps him out. I'm going head and arm triangle again. Uh, Curtis Blades versus Junior DeSantos is the main event. Um, <laughs> Junior DeSantos is worrying me in that. The way he fights now? Well, not even just the way he fights. One, he's only 35, so he's not, for even for heavyweight standard, you know, he's not an old... He's in his prime for a heavyweight. Yeah, he's not an old guy, but he's, but he's a guy who definitely does not look in his prime. No. Um, he looks like what you joked about earlier on with um, Alexei Olnick. He looks like everything, everything hurts. hurts. Yeah. Like, it, his just movement his isn't body's as... body's completely different now as well. And, yep. like, is that a USADA thing? Possibly is it is it an age thing? But that's what I'm saying. He's 35. It's not like he's 45. True, true. I I mean, like Francis and is two years younger than him. <laughs> you know, like it, but we would talk about Ngannou like he's in. Well, you know, he's at the top now, but you know, an up and coming heavyweight. Yeah. Um, I just he's he's taking some bad bad losses and some prolonged beatings as well um that is true the he annoyed me talking about the francis and ghani fight because he got absolutely battered in a minute um but he's saying you know it wasn't a fight and this that and the other and it would never happen again if they fought again i'm sorry junior you get beat nine times out of ten by francis and ghani at this point oh 100 he's talking about one win and he's back in the title picture he's a guy no, he's not quite as bad as like the Holly Holmes of the world, but you've had your shots, and you, I mean you were the champion, you defended the champion, and you've challenged for it numerous times since. Your your day as a as a contender, I think, is done. I think this is like the. I think he's contenders, contenders fight. I, yeah, I think he's the gatekeeper. I think if if you yes. can beat Junior DeSantis, he's like what we just said about Cowboy. If you can beat Junior DeSantis at heavyweight, you are on the path to a title fight. And I think that's what Curtis Blades is. And I also think that Curtis Blades will hold the belt. You think he'll be champion? At some stage over so the next only, five years, yeah. he's only 28. The thing with he has to avoid is not taking it's heavyweight, not taking bad knockouts. Yep. Which no, it's only has. two. It's only two. Well, he has, well, two in Ghana. His only lost. two losses yeah. were in Ghana, and one of them, what he wasn't actually was a, knocked one, out. Yeah. Um, the second one, was it was bad. still it was still a bad knockout. But considering what Ngannou's done to people, it could have been worse. He had, you know his I mean. chin's ridiculous, though. Yeah, like the knee over him hit him. Yeah, with. straight up the middle, bang! He just stood there. Um, but yeah, I think I think Curtis Blades takes DeSantos down. It looks in like the Wolverine's fight and beats the piss out of him. I think makes like I think it's nasty, like sort of what Velasquez did to him. Yes, just yeah. relentless. And I think he finishes him. I think he finishes him in the second, and it'll be bloody. Yeah, I, I wonder. I see him. Uh, the I have the exact same prediction. Um, a few I other interesting fights in this card. Yeah, the Arnold Allen Nick yeah, Lentz fight. Would you say that Arnold Allen? He's looking for that breakout performance which in I, I do favor him I, I feel kind of bad that it's not josh emmett yeah um, that's the fight it should have been it should have been very different stylistic but i'm still favoring alan yep um what else there's not a lot 
I think sleeper fight could be Bevan Lewis versus Dequan, Dequan Townsend. Townsend. I yep. think that'll be a fun fight. And other than that, slim pickings. Slim pickings, yeah. Mm. These are the ones where it's like, you know what? It's difficult to stay up. Yeah. Yeah. I probably won't. <laughs> but then they're the ones that... Often, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was kind of the thing with UFC 246. That card was amazing in spite of what people said about it. Mm. Like, so many good fights. Yeah. Very few bad. The only bad fight, really, was um, the Holly Home one. Yeah. Everything so, else was entertaining enough. I think that wraps us up for this week. So, um, as, as, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can check the podcast out, of course, on iTunes. All the places on uh, Android apps like Podcast Addict and Podbean and all that stuff. Like we said at the beginning of the podcast, the biggest thing that you can do to help us out is just tag just one, just one friend, just one. Everyone's got one friend likes MMA, right? I hope so. Yeah, well, just just tag them. Just literally tag them and tag us in it. We'll give it a wee share. Do it. It'll be lovely. Um, and if you're interested in supporting us uh, with them cool talk dollars, you can get us at uh, patreon.com forward slash super MMA. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash super MMA. Our Twitter is at super MMA show. Uh, this has been a Palooka Media production, which you can, of course, find on uh, Instagram at Palooka Media. And until next week, peace. Peace.